Welcome to the Brisbane Broker Podcast, hosted by the Newstick Group. Each month, our brokers discuss the latest updates in the mortgage broking and finance industry to help our listeners better understand the scope of buying, investing, and refinancing property. A quick disclaimer, our podcast contains information that is general in nature, and we recommend seeking the guidance of a financial services professional to acquire financial advice. Now, let's get into today's episode. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Brisbane Broker Podcast, where we discuss the ever-changing lending landscape with a generous side of banter. My name is Bobby, and as always, I'm joined by my trusty co-host and mortgage broker extraordinaire, Cade French. Hey. Cade, how are you going? Good. How are you? That's the way. Do you ever get tired of being called an extraordinaire? No. That's good. <laughs> <laughs> Can't see why you would. <laughs> um, I wrote this. <laughs> I wrote that intro. <laughs> uh, fun episode coming up today. Uh, we talk about it all the time, uh, just investing or first-time investors. Yeah. Last month, we spoke about uh, first home buyers in general, uh, mm-hmm. but more so for owner-occupied purposes. First for everything. Yeah, exactly. So yeah. today, we're going to jump into that, go through some of the ins and outs, some of the finer details, all the fun stuff, the nitty-gritty if you will. Yep. And, <laughs> but um, before we do that, let's Borka talk. Yeah, cool. What's, Definitely. What's new at the new set group? What's going on? Uh, lots of stuff. We're uh, looking at hiring some new staff members. We are. Um, after uh, beloved Poppy mm. has sailed away to London. Yeah. She did fly there. <laughs> but our, our, sounds a bit cooler. Our previous podcast co-host. Yes, in a way. In a way. <laughs> uh, <at> the end. <laughs> So we're hiring two more staff members, which is great. Yeah. The the family grows. Mm-hmm. Um, but besides that, uh, just business as usual mm. and pretty busy as yeah. well. Seriously busy. It uh, really feels like it's the run up to the end of the year has begun. Yep. And we're running. <laughs> oh, we're definitely not walking. <laughs> no. Uh, but yeah, lots of lots of consults, lots of um, mm. lots of applications. Just a yep. lot of movement at the moment, all all round. Yeah. Uh, conference season, fast yeah. approaching also. Yes, it's always a concern, conference season, <laughs> because you, you knock out your professional development goals, you yeah. get to meet a lot of other brokers in the industry, you get to learn a lot, mm. but you also take out these quite important days of the year mm. where where client inquiries are, are quite healthy, like yeah. it, it, things are happening, things are moving, everyone wants to get something done before the holiday season. Mm. And we're in these conferences, and it's it's a juggle. It's it's an it's a balancing act. Yeah, it is. Sometimes yeah. your mind is only half there, and the yep. other half is thinking, "Oh, I need to be working on this." Or tr- that. trying to be a sponge, but at the same time, <laughs> you're trying to give advice. Yeah, it, it can be really tricky. Yeah. So, bear, bear with us. Mm. Um, we are only human. Yeah, but we are pretty good at this. Mm. We've, we've mastered the art of conferencing. Some would say mm. we're only human for now. <laughs> <laughs> One way to put it. <laughs> um, but besides that, besides the juggling act, it is a really yep. fun time of year. Uh, it is. fun to catch up with other brokers we might only see once a year yep. and uh, discuss their businesses and what they're seeing in the industry and yeah. everything like that. But uh, this year in Melbourne for the AFG conference? Yeah, it's actually really funny. Um, a broker texted me saying, hey, are you going to the conference? Yeah. Uh, and I was really excited. I said, yes, I am. I looked at the message history, and the last message was from the conference, the last year. <laughs> and yeah. it was just this gif. Yeah. <laughs> it was just quite quite funny to see uh, just sometimes us brokers, we, we get into our own worlds mm-hmm. and our own lanes. Yeah. And then, um, yeah, it's a good chance to to meet other people, see yeah. uh, meet some people with the same problems yeah. and same great things that are happening in their business. Yeah, fantastic. Yeah. Uh, we recently had an IUOK day promotion with Functionwell. 
Mm, we that, did. That went swimmingly. It did. It was really, really fun. It was kind of a calorie challenge mm-hmm. um, where we paid a dollar per calorie for the winning team of all these different classes throughout the yep. day. Yep. It was uh, really great to raise funds for uh, that charity. We're doing a lot with Function Mile at the moment. We are. We're doing a lot of uh, health ethos. Uh, I think we kind of fell into that, mm. much like uh, when we fell into commercial loans as well. <laughs> the Newstick Group is a very adaptable <laughs> uh, business. Um, we, we're still learning a lot. We're, we're always learning what we like and, and what what we don't like. Mm. And um, it turns out that we like a lot of stuff. We like working <laughs> on a lot of different things. We like difference. Mm. And that really works for us. Mm. So uh, I think we're going to continue doing the health aspect. I, yeah. I don't think that's ever going to change no. for, for us. I think we found some roots there and some foundations. I agree. It's a big part of our lives now. And mm. it's uh, just just really good to work that into our work week. Yeah. Just write mortgages and get jacked. <laughs> <laughs> I believe that's the term. <laughs> oh, As boy. Piper says, get yoked. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Piper does say that yeah. all the time. Um, we've also got Bridge to Brisbane coming up. Um, that's closer than I realized. I haven't trained it. <laughs> I haven't signed up for it. I don't know if I'm doing it. But Really? I, yeah. I signed up for it and I haven't trained. Okay. Yeah, so, <laughs> so I'm one step further along the way. Uh, but I don't know. I might yeah. do that. It's just a bridge. Yeah. <laughs> Couldn't be. A 10K bridge. Yeah. A long bridge. Yeah. Yeah. Um, all right. So in the industry or a bit of news, uh, rates, third yes. rate hold in a row. Woo. Oh, yeah. Yes. How good. I mean, there's a better option there. <laughs> Look, I'm taking that as a uh, win. Yeah, definitely. For now. <laughs> for now. Yeah. Uh, but the next meeting's in a couple of weeks. Uh, it'll be interesting to see what the new governor of the RBA yes. does. They might want to put a stamp on things. MB. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's it. <laughs> Michelle Bullock. Yes. <laughs> um, for their first monthly meeting. But... Mm. Any predictions at the moment? Look, I'd love to say hold or drop, but I am considering the the potential for an increase. Mm. I did see lenders drop their one- and two-year fixed rates today and and yesterday, but I don't know. There's there's still a bit of of, uh, buffer in there on those fixed rates, so I think we'll see another increase before the end of the year, and uh, Mm. I potentially believe it'll be the next increase in October. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, I predict another hold. Okay, nice. Hold, I, I hope it does too. Hold October, increase November. Okay. Which would be pretty tough on households at that time of year. Yeah, I'd rather they did it in October Sooner. just so we can get used to it and, yeah. and understand the ramifications of that. Yeah, that, yeah. that would be more because functional. <laughs> the problem is, is that when expenditure goes up in November, December... The inflation's gonna uh, more spending. Yeah. It's it's gonna fall into the cycle again. Yeah, and if that happens, then we're gonna see another rate rise in January or mm-hmm. February. And I don't know. Uh, I'd rather see it in October uh, as a smart decision, just so that everyone can get in line with that, and then expenditure will drop a little bit yeah. for the holiday season, which I know is very unfortunate. But from an economical point of view, mm-hmm. I'd like to see things start panning out from January. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I don't have the exact figures in front of me, but I was reading that on average, mm. um, household savings have dropped significantly. As of- that's crazy, but they were very high. They were. I don't know if you saw the figure for how much was in savings accumulated, mm. but there was a people have a lot of money in savings mm. right now. Mm-hmm. I I don't know how much the average is per person, but it, it was a lot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I yeah. think um, we need an economist. Can can economists please just come on the show yeah, and call. just just tell us what's going to happen <laughs> with rates? Just promise us. We've ordered a crystal ball. It just hasn't <laughs> arrived yet. Uh, it would be really handy to have it. I would love to have a, an economist on that just says, "My word is law. <laughs> this is what's happening." Yeah, yeah. yeah. Easy. It's that easy. It is. Um, Product types, what have you been seeing recently? Uh, mostly variable, a few fixed, mm. which is nice. Mm-hmm. Um, fixed is is a, a tricky one because the rates are still so high. They've, they've come down, but they're still low sixes for most lenders for mm. a one and two year fixed rate. Yeah. And uh, right now, variable rates, we are seeing that high 5% mark for, for a few lenders. So to justify that, you, you've really got to think one more rate rise will basically meet variable to fixed at this point. So if it doesn't rise and it does hold, mm. uh, you're winning. Yeah, yeah. So tricky decision. Yeah, I, I find yourself? the people who are fixing at the moment mm. they they're not as worried about kind of beating the bank or mm. having the best rate possible. They just want a bit of security or certainty for the next couple of years. And it's super reasonable. Yeah, and that uh, that makes sense as well. But mm. at the same time, I'd say ninety five percent. Of my clients have been going variable at the moment. Yeah, but yeah. I don't know it always just depends. Yeah, I, I think um, for, for myself, uh, I, I do have clients in in very different age demographics as well. And a lot of the clients that I have that went through uh, some previous periods with the GFC, mm-hmm. they don't want to fix because they've been through the uh, quite sharp decline from eight percent down to three percent rates, and they don't want to go through that again. So it's it's a bit of a sour taste for yeah. for anyone that is in that age group that's been through that mm-hmm. and and has had that previous financial experience. Yeah, yeah. So course. the conversation is always about variable um, with clients that have been through that before, just yeah. because that that fear. Mm. But uh, yeah, it's a yeah. tricky one. And as we've seen in the last couple of years, if you're able to mm. uh, just go through variable rates and kind of ride that, um, yeah, uh, or be part of that economical change as rates move and survive mm-hmm. that, yeah. you're, you're in a pretty good position as opposed to some that are coming off of those really low fixed rates and yep. just being shocked into these new Couldn't agree more. high rates and huge repayments. So yeah. I think at the moment it's less of a gamble or trying to work out what's happening next. It's just it comes down to your own circumstances and what you value more. Yeah. Well, what about valuations? How, how are you finding them so far? I haven't had any issues recently. Mm. Um, yeah, they're all sucking up for me. Yeah, same. Cool. So, That's yep. good. Yep. <laughs> that was an easy one. <laughs> yeah. Um, what about timeframes for valuations or types of valuations? Pretty quick. Yeah, we're still seeing a lot of desktop yep. valuations. Uh, so basically, desktop valuation is just where the bank uh, does a digital valuation of your property mm-hmm. based on market data. Mm-hmm. Um, I have seen a few uh, short form, which is where they go out and inspect the property, but it, it's only for high risk. Yeah. Uh, basically, right now, we can expect a lot of curbside where they... There's so many valuation types. All right, so valuation types. <laughs> Curbside is where they drive past your property and just look at it and make sure it's a real property. It exists, tick. Yeah, uh, what's the really funny ones is curbside with like a, a, an apartment that's like a high <laughs> high up apartment. So you're thinking this person's driving past in a car and just looks up and goes like, yeah, it probably goes 25 stories. I don't know, it's probably more than 50 <laughs> square meters. Maybe. <laughs> uh, then you've got desktop, which is basically where they run a report on the property. Uh, commonly it's done by a human where they'll mm. actually pull market data together. You've got an AVM, which is basically an automated desktop valuation, mm-hmm. which is a non-human generated report. And then you've got a short form, which is where somebody goes out to look at the property and inspects it. 
You've got a long form uh, where the property <laughs> is a very specific niche property or a luxury property where a value goes out and understands mm. a tailored report. And then you've just got um, like uh, what's called OEV, yeah. <laughs> which is essentially uh, just um, it just generates a figure for you and yeah. it's like an owner estimated valuation figure. So you put in what you think it's worth and then it just spits out a figure mm. and like one bank uses that. What about a contract value? Yeah, contract Val is pretty cool. Oh, gosh. All right. Okay, yeah, Contract Val is just where the bank accepts the contract or doesn't accept the contract. Um, I think... That's probably more. I, I think a lot of those, um, <laughs> like most of those, apart from a short and long mm. form, is some form of electronic, like yep. even including yep. the curbside, yep. it, in, it involves um, using electronic data of the property itself and yep. surrounding properties and yep. sale figures. But yeah. They vary. There's a lot. They to do. <laughs> <laughs> they really do. Um, but types of applications you've been working on, anything particularly mm. unique or spicy this week? Yeah, lots of um, like multi-property portfolio mm. is fun. Um, yep. So refinance, purchase, multiple properties, subject to sale. Uh, simultaneous. Subject to simultaneous, <laughs> which uh, is always fun. Uh, first home buyers still yep. in the mix. Um, yeah, relocators uh, from interstate to, to Queensland mm -hmm. uh, coming in. From, from sticks, mm -hmm. uh, which is pretty wild, it's pretty yeah. fun. Uh, change of lifestyle, change of scenery, which is always exciting. And um, not not too many investors right now. Mm. Um, I'm seeing the breaks a little bit on investors, which is why I, we thought it'd be a good idea to, to discuss yeah. what, what's going on in the investment space and, and uh, some right ways to do it. Yep. Yeah, yeah fantastic. Episode. Yeah, what about yourself? Uh, yes, I, I've had a bit of a variety the, the last few weeks really um a bit of an increase in self-employed applicants for mm. whatever reason that's that's just seemed to happen i guess some of their taxes have finished uh for 23s yep. and uh trying to see what they can do uh some niche lmi waivers for particular professions uh which is really cool yeah um what else some casual income some first home buyers like what, what aren't you working on? I know, there's a real mix at the moment. <laughs> yeah. um, I've got policy on the mind and <laughs> it really helps. You've got to yeah. know who's doing what at um, at any given time. So, yeah. But uh, also just working with a lot of new local Newstead clients, which is really, really fun. Love love working with local yeah. Newstead clients as well. I mean, we, we work with everyone, but it's so nice to meet people in our local community yeah. as well. If you see the sign on the street, just yeah. give us a call. Don't just even walk, walk in, just say just, hi. Just walk in. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yes, I, I guess yeah. that gets us to the main topic, which yes. is discussing purchasing your first investment property. So there's a number of considerations uh, for people in a huge array of different uh, scenarios of why they might want to purchase their first property. Mm -hmm. But I think the f most important factor to land on right at the beginning is to work out what your goals are. That's... Yeah. It's, yeah. Uh, sometimes, sometimes people think the answer to that is to have an investment property. But <laughs> why do you want to have an investment property? Is, yeah. th is that the best decision for your particular scenario? Yeah. Maybe it is, maybe it isn't. Yeah. But... Um, it may require the assistance of a financial planner or accountant. Um, yeah. We're going to skirt on a few topics today, I imagine, <laughs> really that are. we can't yeah. provide advice on, but yeah. uh, we can we can chat. We can dabble. We're allowed to chat, right? <laughs> the chatters, yeah. <laughs> but, um, all right, so let's discuss a couple of the types of first-time investors. Sure. Firstly, first-time buyers. Cool. Never owned anything before. Um, also known as rent vesters. Yeah. Or maybe stay at home. Stay at home vesters. vesters. Yeah. 
<laughs> We've yeah. never used that term, but both came to it at the same time there. Not not um not one that I I enjoy as much. Mm. Um, there's so many variables there of of concessional loss. And uh, I, I think that's definitely something worth talking about. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if we're are we planning on talking about that right um, away. We'll, we will to. go into it a bit further, but okay. um, I, I feel like I, I don't come across that one all, all yeah. too often. But uh, every now and then, when I do, and there's yeah. logic attached to it, yeah, happy days. I've I've come across it quite a bit. Mm. This one, and uh, I'll explain a few scenarios where where it's come in as well. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, maybe we can talk about them now. Yeah. yeah sure. Okay. Uh, I think probably the biggest thing with reinvest is so basically reinvesting is you're renting, you buy an investment property, and that that's your first property, yeah. or, or maybe it's not your first property. The the way that I usually see that happening is generally you'll buy a property. Uh, let's say, for example, I'll, I'll use a, an example I've had. I've had mm. a client brought a property. Uh, it was a expensive property. They bought it when rates were three percent. It was a house. Mm. And they decided to move out and rent instead and have somebody else cover those repayments because the repayments were too high. Renting, you can live with housemates and you don't have to live in your own house. You don't have to have those same, same repayments. If you rent out your property, you might be able to get more than if you were sharing with a friend mm. uh, at, in an apartment. So you know, $800 a week repayments versus renting out for maybe 700 per week for a family as opposed to moving in, paying 200 a week in rent while living in an apartment with a friend. It just works out more logical. Mm. Unless you have a lot of people living in that share house or something like that, which yeah. is your house, and then you know somebody breaks something, and yeah. all of a sudden you're feeling a little bit silly about it. And <laughs> I, I guess there's a million ways why you'd rent vest. Mm. Uh, it's just the the concessional loss is probably one of the biggest ones, which is if you're living at home or, or renting, mm. and you buy your first property as an investment property, you can lose a lot of concessions. Yeah, you can. And yeah. like I said before, at times when there's there's kind of a longer term plan or there's logic behind mm. it to maybe, uh, I don't know, maybe they plan to move around, they're going to move capital cities for work, they're going yeah. to move, do this, do that, and still have that property there, Yeah. but with the intention to move into it at a later date. Yeah. Uh, and maybe they, right now they're in a great position to purchase a property, but mm-hmm. they have no intention to live there. Yeah. So there's lots of causes for logic, but um, I don't know, I, I guess I should mention the way that we're going to structure this is kind of like, I'm sure we'll go on tangents. We'll, yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. we'll do what we do, but uh, we're going to talk about some of the types of first time investors, understanding some of the potential goals, impacts, and general considerations. Yeah. yeah so sure. uh, first time buyers, rent vesters. Yeah. That's the type. Yep. Uh, expanding your property portfolio. Oh, yeah. We've already got a family home, looking yep. at adding to that and yep. uh, growing further. Yep. That's probably the most common that I see. Yeah, I, I see that a lot as well. Mm. Yep. So just say you've owned a property for, let's just say, five years. Mm-hmm. Uh, you've been paying your mortgage down, principal and interest repayments. You've yes. built equity. The property's increased in value as well. Yeah. You might be able to access the equity from that up to say eighty percent of the property's value. Sure. Put towards uh, use that as a deposit for an investment property, including yeah. costs and yeah, it's pretty cool. Yeah, it, it is great. <laughs> and yeah. it's done all the time. It makes so much sense. Even higher than eighty percent, if you want to. Yeah. There's just some some costs involved with that potentially. Of course. Of yeah. course. It's uh, that's probably 
the more common investor that I see. Yeah. Uh, and then I guess the third type, it's not first-time investors, but um, a really mm. common type of investor is someone who already has a property portfolio, including owner-rock and investment properties. Yes, yeah, bit That's, of a mix, yeah. They kind of know it. Yeah. They, they know how it works at that they, point. They, they play the game, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So let's chat about some of the primary goals that some people might have uh for purchasing an investment property. And sure. maybe you can use some of these goals as a question to yourself as uh, what what would be my primary yeah. goal if I was purchasing an investment? Like, what of these options yeah. most aligns to me? That's right. The Brisbane Broker Podcast. It's educational mm. and with banter. And there you go. Interactive. And self-reflection, yeah. <laughs> this is a live podcast. Call in. <laughs> uh, so... Um, yeah, okay. Uh, I think one of the biggest ones is capital growth. Yeah. Yeah, Let, let's touch on that. You buy a property, uh, you, you hope <laughs> that it goes <laughs> up, um, and recently that, that's happened. Yeah, so, recently is in the last mm-hmm. thousand years. <laughs> yeah, the last thousand years, but specifically there, there are booms and, and drops and booms and drops, but the the beauty is is that the Australian property market is, it's 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 tightly held. It's um, kind of like the, the, the golden... Um, egg of <laughs> throughout uh, some kind of Indiana Jones. Uh, it's kind of um, like it's basically something to strive towards, and and a lot of investors will put their money in property because it habitually goes up mm. uh, in Australia. It it doesn't go down, or when it does go down, it goes up higher. Yeah. <laughs> it's this beautiful thing. So uh, yeah, property in Australia has always been something that's held very tightly. Yeah, yeah. So capital growth. You purchase this property. You hold onto it for I don't know twenty thirty. However long, however long, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, in the long term, benefit from the sale of mm-hmm. the increased value. Yeah, and, and sometimes you might only hold a property for five years, mm. an investment property, and then you sell it and buy another one. Yeah, it all depends on what you plan on doing next, and as Bobby mentioned, what your goals are. Mm. Do you want to be a short term investor? Do you want to buy lots of property? Do you want to hold everything? But capital growth will generally be where you buy in a place that is growing. Yeah, yeah, that's one of the main benefits. Yeah, fantastic. Uh, this is probably a big um, a big one that we come across a lot with uh, first time investors, or particularly, uh, yeah, just just first time investors in mm. general. But um, a lot of people want to benefit from a strong rental yield or mm. passive income. Yeah. So Gen- generally, accumulation phase, or or, or even um, prior to retirement phase, that 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 rental income is so important. Yeah. Just having that to supplement the costs of the property and and your potential income as well, if it's mm-hmm. positively geared. Mm-hmm. Tax. <laughs> uh, um, advice. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, essentially you've got two different types of property uh, yields. You've got negative and positive. Negative is where you are losing money on the property or inherently yep. taking a cost to, to hold that asset, yep. uh, which then might follow through to your tax return, mm-hmm. potentially. Um, <laughs> and then positively geared is where you hold a property and essentially you're making money on that property and you're declaring that money as being mm. profit made. Yeah. Generally, positively geared will be when your loan is is minimized exactly. or the rental yield is quite high. Yeah. Negatively geared will generally be when your loan is quite high or the rental income is quite low. Exactly. Or and a combination. More organically or in most scenarios, that happens towards the later latter end of the loan term. Yes. Yeah. Unless you put in a huge deposit at the beginning. Yeah, a huge deposit or uh, or just buy in like a mining town, which yeah. is not a piece of advice that I'd be giving anyone to do, no. uh, but so much inherent risk. But... <laughs> You can buy properties in in certain areas that do have a higher higher rental return, and generally those areas are not your primary areas where capital growth is is mm. shines through. As an example, um, some place in New South Wales, a little bit more regional, 
have this amazing yield, but the mm. capital growth is, is shot to bits. Like yeah. you, you got to wait and hope and hope and hope that it grows. But meanwhile, you're living off this great, great yield. So to find a property that's got both can be quite hard, mm. and uh, and that's why a lot of uh, a lot of clients are turning to buyers agents now as well to find gaps in yeah. the market and yeah. different structures. Yes, and buyers agents. I, I feel like particularly mm. for investment properties and yeah. particularly for first-time investors, yeah. it can be really, really helpful if you yeah. don't know what you're doing. I, I think so. I, I think uh, if you get somebody with the right experience uh, that has a certain niche towards this, yeah. towards investment properties, a lot of buyers agents focus on a particular area and say, I, I operate in South Brisbane. Mm. and but that doesn't mean that they operate in South Brisbane as an investment buyer's agent. Exactly. They might just be a buyer's agent. Yeah. And they might not know those key terms around yield and whale if it's commercial and, mm. and whatever it might be. So make sure that if you do associate with a buyer's agent, just make sure that they have that experience in investment Yes, uh, for this particular segment. 100%. Yeah. Um, okay. So you touched on it there, uh, but... Uh, tax benefits. Love it. Yeah. Tax benefits. So let's, <laughs> let's do it. <laughs> um, so I, I think you summed it up pretty well there. So mm. particularly with negative gearing, if you're spending more on the property than you're mm. earning, yeah. um, that loss can be used to offset. Yeah. 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 Maybe yeah. able to Maybe, be yeah. <laughs> to offset your taxable income, yeah. which means you might pay less in tax. Yes. Uh, but that is... 1,000% accountant talk there. It, so. it is. Another thing as well is depreciation, which yes. is where the property slowly deteriorates over time, the fixed mm. and fittings. And yeah. at, uh, say, for example, you build a new property, mm. that property is slowly going to deteriorate over time. Yeah. The the fixed years, the fitting, everything's going to start start to slowly burn yeah. out. Yeah. Uh, every single year, you can basically do a de- depreciation report mm. and work out how much you can actually potentially claim back in depreciation yeah. because you've got this capital expenditure that eventually you're going to have to outlay on the property. Mm. So I would say accountant all the way. Yeah, I think a um, quantity surveyor can help with that as well, can't yeah. they? Yeah. yeah, so there's a few different ways that you can really approach it. The easiest way that we do it is we can run a report through a company called Depro mm. and essentially just brings up a depreciation report. Yeah. But buyers agents can help you with that too. Real estate agents may be able to help you with it, mm. but I'd recommend getting some accounting advice on this one. It's, yeah. it's going to do you, do you a lot of work. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And yeah, everyone, <laughs> everyone's financial position varies. Yeah. So we really, there's no blanket rule on that one. Yeah. Um, another primary goal can just be diversifying your uh, investment portfolio. Yeah. Maybe you've got some stuff in shares. Yeah. This, that, that. Yeah. Um, so instead of having all your eggs in one basket, you yep. can have a portfolio. Buried. Yeah. Um, <laughs> property is, uh, I guess, in the risk tiers, you kind of got like cash at bank as being pretty low risk. You've got property as being mid risk, and you've got shares as high risk in, in most scenarios, mm. or the type of shares, I guess. Yeah. But that property is, it can be nice to have. Like, mm. it can be a balanced option. And you'll generally notice with most superannuation funds and structures, wow, I'm really touching on financial <laughs> advice here. But a lot of them have property portfolios to de risk the overall yeah. metric yes. of, the, of the risk margin. So, yeah, it can be a nice thing just to hold. Mm. Yeah, but of course, speak to a financial planner. <laughs> Jeez, <laughs> it's so easy to to walk the line on on advice. Yeah. <laughs> you know what? Um, I, I listened to our last month's episode, and I yeah. forgot that we had that intro saying 
<laughs> that we've got. Pretty, yeah, yeah, pretty much speak to a, a professional about this. We, we do, so. we, we do, but it's just so easy to get close to it. Yeah. It's flying to the sun. I know. Like, <laughs> like, like a like moth. Um, it's like a knee-jerk reaction, like when we're on phone calls yep. with clients as well, like, oh, you could do this, this, but. <laughs> um, yeah, I just go silent while they talk about tax. <laughs> tax, <laughs> what's that? Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah there are a few of the key primary goals, I feel. Yeah. Uh, any others you can think of, or does that pretty well cover uh, that, it? It's probably the big ones. I, uh, I I think the big thing is probably the Australian way of buying an investment property. I think that needs to be a little bit more um, looked into. As you mentioned before, what are your goals? Mm. A lot of uh, clients will come to us with just the idea of buying an investment property and not have a reason for doing that. Mm. Maybe their friends have one. Maybe their parents have some. They've just heard it's a good idea. Yeah. It's not always a good idea. No. I have clients that buy an investment property and six months later sell it mm-hmm. just because they just don't really want it. Um, it didn't make sense in the first place. I can't give them that advice. I just yeah. ask them why they want to do it and they just say, Cade, let's do this. Yeah. <laughs> now, luckily for them, I'm really good with finance, mm-hmm. <laughs> so we do it. Yeah. But <laughs> it can be a, a consideration just to go, do I really want to do this? Yeah. Is this really my goal? And yeah, we, we, when you come to us uh, to buy an investment property, we assume that you've done the right risk metrics to mm. understand why you're doing that. We we don't ask for a letter. The banks don't require a letter yeah. saying that I'm here to invest. Yeah. I've done the research. I'm signing this. I'm signing this. Banks don't require that. We don't require that. All we require is instruction to finance the property that you found. Mm-hmm. So just keep in mind that we do our checks and balances, but we can't give you advice on that. So just make sure you go down the right avenues before making that big risk or yep. taking that big risk. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, that that made me think of mm. an, another option that we see a lot of the time, which is uh, this might be relevant for someone who's purchased owner-occupied firstly mm-hmm. and maybe they have to move for work or they have to... They're yep. going overseas for a period or what, whatever it might be. Yeah. Converting that property to an, an investment property. How do you do that? Easy. <laughs> Just move out. Um, so basically, uh, in the ways of, from a banking perspective, so you just buy another place and then, or, or rent another place yep. and then just contact your bank yep. or contact us. So you've got to change that to an investment loan? You do, yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah. The, the tricky part comes up when it's on fixed. So mm. you move out and then it's on a fixed rate loan. You tell your bank and they go, well, maybe at the end of the fixed rate period <laughs> and it's all kind of, everyone's kind of, ah, what yep. do we do here? <laughs> uh, so that, that's a tricky one, but speak to your accountant. Yeah. Um, just about the tax implications as well. Yeah. yeah, there are certain time frames of <laughs> there are which we cannot provide. We, no. we just recommend that as soon as you move out of that property, contact your bank mm. before you lease that property out. Yeah, or contact your bank before doing it, mm. just to make sure you can do that because yeah. there might be some stipulations around whether you can rent out that property with the type of loan that you're on. Yeah, maybe purchase under a guarantee that restricts that type of thing. Maybe purchase under a specific guarantee by the government <laughs> for first-time buyers that Speak could restrict to your broker that. about yeah. that. Yes. Oh, wait a minute, that's us. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes, so some scenarios where, where you cannot specifically rent out your property until yeah. you take action on something else. Yeah. Yep. Alrighty, so let's discuss some of the potential impacts of yes. owning an investment property. Yes. Some of the... Some of the risks, some of the things to consider. Uh, so we've discussed this in the past, but the way that um, a lot of lenders um, 
treat serviceability for an investment property is we've got the usual buffers on top mm-hmm. of the investment rate to make sure you can afford it if rates go up by, say, 3%. Yes. But on top of that, a lot of lenders are also shading the rental income that you're going to be receiving from that property. Mm-hmm. So it can be anywhere from 70 to 90%. It can. Um, or yep. shading by 10 yep. to yep. 30%. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> um, so the reason they do that is... Uh, vacancy periods. Yes, that's, that's one part of may, it. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. one of the reasons that may and can occur. Also, banks just don't like rent. I think so. <laughs> that's what they told me. <laughs> <laughs> um, that is one of the reasons. Uh, another reason would be um, a lot of the costs involved in running that property. Yep. Even though we do have to capture those, we do. <laughs> <laughs> I think vacancy is probably one of the big ones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and with vacancy periods, uh, even in Brisbane, I, I check it every now and then. But last time I looked, it was around two percent. Mm. It's tiny vacancy period. It a little, is. tiny, fractional. Yeah, yeah. I, I think one of the big things is the property management costs. So we put in the costs of running the property, but we don't put in the leasing costs. Yeah, because that varies. It varies so much. And that can be like 6 or 7% or that, that's generally what it's around. So that, that's a big, big mm. chunk. So put in vacancy, <clears throat> put in leasing costs, you might have nearly 10% there already. Yeah. Taken out. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you did mention the property management costs. I did. That, uh, <laughs> <laughs> that, was that um, on your list of things yeah, to talk that about? Was. Yeah. Um, <laughs> another one that I've just considered that uh, not everyone thinks about when it's for an investment property, but uh, mm. if you're purchasing an apartment or a townhouse, you got to pay that pay that damn strata. Oh, I hate strata. Remember that? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so body corporate. How can you forget? Even if you're not living there, mm. you, you've got to pay, <laughs> which can be it sucks thousands yeah. per year. Yeah, it really, it generally is. Yeah, yeah. generally and it can be four or five thousand per year in in the Brisbane area. Yeah, and uh, you're paying for these amenities and the upkeep yeah. and the insurance of this building that. Yeah. You're not even living here. <laughs> yeah, you're paying for your tenant to enjoy the facilities that yeah. you have to pay for. I guess yeah. the rent is dictated by those facilities. Unfortunately, uh, not should, in every circumstance. It should be. Yeah, <laughs> but, like I've done these numbers, and that strata cost just does not yeah. work all the time. It it, it really <laughs> pushes you negative yeah. a lot of the time. So again, depending on your goals, if negative mm. gearing is what yep. you're trying to do, yeah, <laughs> go crazy. Yeah, but um, <laughs> don't forget that and. Like that is a figure that we need to take into consideration yep. for servicing. We do for investment purposes, mm-hmm. but uh, it it can really yep. add up. Yeah, put it put it this way: if you had ten units that had huge stratas, and you had ten houses that had no strata but had rates, chances are, depending on what those houses were, of course, that you'd probably <laughs> be able to borrow more than like if you had a portfolio of houses versus units. Mm. Because the unit costs can be so big. Yeah. Some of the ones that we've seen around here have been six, seven, eight thousand dollars per year. Mm. That means when you pay it off, you're still paying one hundred and fifty to two hundred dollars per week in these costs. Yeah. Um, build quarterly, most yeah. most circumstances. <laughs> yeah. It's a real slap in the face. It is. Um, Just but to yeah. use the damn pool. <laughs> <laughs> no one ever uses. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Go to the gym. You have gym memberships separate yeah, as well. Exactly. Uh, yeah, it's just not the same. It never is. No, have you ever been to a gym in one of those hotel complexes, <laughs> oh, like a park? Is it terrible? <laughs> Nobody's ever there. One cable machine. Yeah, all <laughs> rusty. Yeah, eight thousand a year to maintain. <laughs> um, but yeah, so that can be a huge cost. Yes, and um, yeah, I, I, there's no right or wrong for mm. property types for investing either. Yeah, but you just have to know the risk involved and some of the potential costs 
Like yep. you've got a house uh, on the flip side, mm. the hot water blows up or something. Yeah, same it, same deal. You've yeah. got good issues. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So it's not like a house has no expenses, apartment there's no expenses. There's expenses either way you go. Yeah, yeah. But the apartment expenses can sometimes be on top of other expenses as yeah. well. So yeah. Like as an example, one of those expenses might be paying for an on-site manager, That's which right. you definitely wouldn't have with a house, no. or an elevator, which only some people, mm. very <laughs> fancy people, It'd be strange <laughs> to have an on-site manager in a house. <laughs> it would be. <laughs> Can I go to <laughs> bed? <laughs> no, <laughs> locked out. <laughs> um, so yeah, lots to consider uh, yep. the types of properties you're purchasing, but um, this is a big one that I always think about. Mm. So. Depending on the yield of the property and the loan against yes. the property and everything like that, it purchasing an investment property has the potential of restricting borrowing for future owner-occupied purposes. Yes. So even though you might be able to afford X amount um, yeah. today for an investment property, mm-hmm. you've got to keep in mind the your future goals if down the track you want to be yep. purchasing owner-occupied. It's a big conversation. Yeah. I've had this conversation recently a few times where it's basically sell the unit mm. to buy the house that you planned on buying in the first place, mm-hmm. but you bought a unit first. You might have to sell that. Yeah. Buy the house. Yeah. Yeah. That's a real big one to consider. Huge There's conversation. So many yeah. paths we can go down there to, yeah. um, to explore, but um, yeah. that that's a really big one to think about. So... Like, like I'm saying, you might be able to borrow X amount to purchase this investment property. Maybe that's towards the higher end of your borrowing mm-hmm. capacity. Maybe consider not yeah. <laughs> going all yeah. the way for an investment. Like, yeah. it, I, I don't think it should always be capped out. No, I agree. Cool. That's a big one there. <laughs> <laughs> um, so let's jump into a few more considerations, I suppose, of... Um, uh, of the impacts of owning an investment yes. property. Uh, do you want to jump into that first one? Yeah, sure. So uh, I guess one of the biggest ones, and we kind of touched on this earlier, but <clears throat> you, you're renting or, or you buy your first property and it is a investment property. Uh, essentially, uh, as a first home buyer, you're, you're foregoing those benefits of buying an owner-occupied property, which could be potential stamp duty concessions, uh, the first homeowner's grant potentially for a new property, uh, and even some government concessions that are quite, quite good yeah. <laughs> uh, to use. So... Basically, uh, just understand what you're foregoing before making that decision to buy an investment property first. Yeah. Because then when you go to buy your next property that might be your home, you may not have the same measures that, mm. that you would have had or the same benefits. Uh, what, what I say is, uh, without giving any legal advice here, because this is legal <laughs> advice, is generally if you're looking at buying uh, your first property and it's going to be above $750,000, um, then those concessions may not even apply. Exactly. In, in most states. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. very state to state, but yeah. in Queensland. predominantly talking about Queensland. Yeah. I am. Yeah. yeah. All right. That's, uh, yeah, that's a really big one to consider, just what you might be uh, foregoing. You've got down interest rate variance. I'm curious about that. So mm. talk to me about that. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I thought it's worth mentioning. Uh, not everyone knows this. Uh, mm-hmm. Sometimes I'm talking to a client, they're saying, looking at purchasing an investment property. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of the time when I send a product comparison or we reach that stage, they mm-hmm. say, wait a minute, rates are higher than what I'm seeing online. What's going on there? And there's a premium to investment um, interest rates. They're, they're higher than your standard owner-occupied rates. Yep. So usually yep. by, what, 0.2, 0.3-ish yep. a yeah. lot of the time? 
AMP's got a cool combo where you can that? get the same rate for investment and occupied, which is pretty yeah. cool. So it's at the owner rate? Right? It is, yeah. That's as long as you split it the right way, it's got to be structured. But yeah. that, that's really cool. But you're 100% right that that loading on interest rates mm. um, can really throw some people off because yeah. you buy a house and then you got to buy an investment property and and then you're just like, oh, slap on the same rate. <laughs> but no, not, yeah. not in uh, most, 99% of all circumstances. Yeah, most banks can't do that. Yeah. That's a really cool um, yeah. promotion, by the way. Yeah, yeah, that's that's really cool. There's a few banks trying to do it, but they just don't land it right. Yeah. Find AMP's combo. But I think they're phasing that out as well, which kind of, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Limited time offer. <laughs> yep. But, um, but yeah, it's, that is a particularly good yep. offer for um, yeah. portfolios, it multiple is. properties. Yeah, yeah definitely. Mm. I've also mentioned... Um, Principal and interest versus interest only. Ooh, so hot topic. <laughs> yeah, yes, hot topic. Um, before we jump into that a bit further, similar to the previous t- um, point, there is an interest rate variance there. Yes, I'd say always. I, I don't yeah. think I've seen a promotion to match. I don't think they would. It's just not. It's not appealing to the banks. Well, I mean, it is appealing to the banks because the loan <laughs> doesn't go down in in ninety percent of circumstances, but. It is not as appealing because AFCA um, and a lot of government bodies have basically put pressure on banks to not hold interest-only loans because mm-hmm. it is kind of incentivized to the lender. Yeah. Um, so they, they have uh, an amount of margin they can have on interest-only on, on its own. Mm. Um, so, yeah, ba- basically just to explain that, interest-only is just where you just pay interest on the loan. So you can make a property extremely uh, positively geared in the sense of not paying principal off. Mm. Um or you can pay principal and interest, which means that you're reducing the loan over time. But yeah, as Bobby has mentioned, there's a huge rate loading. Yeah, yeah, there you're is. So more and more interest-only rates are higher than yeah. principal and interest rates. Mm-hmm. And uh, again, this comes down to your goals on uh, what what it is that you want out of this investment property. Yeah. So if you're going interest-only, um, we've mentioned this in the past, but people think that repayments are lower, it's going to be easier to service. That's not the way that we or the bank would perceive that because say you've got a two-year interest-only period for Mm -hmm. on a 30-year loan term, uh, we're not looking at your ability to repay that over 30 years. We're looking at your ability to repay that the full amount, uh, so reverting to principal and interest in 28 years. So it's harder to service, but... If it's in line with your goals, if mm-hmm. it's a long-term hold, you're not... Capital look, growth most yeah, of the time. Yeah, yeah exactly. Or high yield. Mm-hmm, yeah. Mm-hmm. All of those. So yeah. it's a real consideration for investors. Yep. Uh, and, and we see it a lot in the investment space. But uh, silly thing is, though, is a lot of the time I run the P&I versus I.O. calculator, mm. and you might only be saving a small amount of money because the margin in between P&I and interest only yeah. is, is generally quite high. Like, it can be like a 0.3 margin at times. Yeah. So if you're planning on saving... 50 to to $100 a week maybe with your investment property loan. It's kind of gobbled up a bit by the bank's interest rate because mm. of the loading. So you might only save a little bit of money by going interest only, yeah, yeah. Um, which can be kind of annoying <laughs> at times. <laughs> but there, there can be yeah. real tax benefits for interest yeah. only as well. If yeah. you're not reducing their principal, you're paying more interest over the life of the loan. Tell us about the tax benefits. <laughs> <laughs> um no. <laughs> Good call. But, um, but yeah, another one to yep. discuss with accountants or yep. just do a lot of research on. <laughs> yeah. After you speak to your accountant. Y- yes. <laughs> what, what about uh, some listener questions? What, what do we got on the listener question list? We don't have a whole lot at the moment, but yes. I do have this one. Yeah. I've worked two casual jobs over the past six months. Can I be considered for a home loan at the moment? Can you? 
great. <laughs> Easy. <laughs> Simple. Um, at the same time or like concurrently or? Either. Yeah, cool. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. It's right. um, not, it, it's pretty niche. Yeah. Uh, but six months is typically the amount of time that most lenders would want to see you in the one role. Yeah. But uh, some lenders can consider that if you've been in Historically, roles. yeah. So like bartender, bartending, switch bars, yeah. better bar, yeah. better drinks. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yep. Where you working? <laughs> <laughs> um, but that was the main listener question yep. I'd have recently. Yep. Have you had any? Um, no, any? not so much. Uh, most of the questions have been from clients. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, but we actually have hit some pretty big listening goals. We'll, we'll post some stuff on socials mm. about that. Mm-hmm. Uh, turns out that we actually do have a bit of a following, yeah. uh, which is exciting. Hello, everyone. Yes, hello. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, no, glad to have you with us. Uh, I know that um, sometimes we, we just talk a lot uh, <laughs> about stuff. Um, <laughs> But I would love to know if you uh, understand exactly what we're talking about. Um, we've had some good feedback and some great questions in the past. Um, but I, I just really want to know if if you want us to break things down a bit further, mm. uh, just let us know. Like yeah. we, we can do a, a, an intro or basic episode and just run through some of the terms that we use. And we have done yeah. that in past. Yeah. But yeah, I, I think that's probably one of the biggest things that I'm curious about. That, mm. th- that's a listener question. Absolutely. For me, <laughs> to you. <laughs> Listen-y. Yeah, that, yeah, yeah, there we go. <laughs> uh, but yes, yeah. uh, get in touch with us. Let yes. us know what you want to hear, what are you interested in, uh, and we'll talk about it. Oh, love to talk. <laughs> but what, what's, what else is going on? What's going on this weekend? Well, as you well know, today is National Chai Day. Yes. For all my chai guys out there, I'm here. <laughs> yep. <laughs> There you go. <laughs> Supporting. It's been a big uh, request for the return of the national days. So, well, why has it got mini golf written down here? Well, that's another national day. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> so, I'm going to celebrate Chai Day in my own way. Yeah, have a chai and play some <laughs> mini golf. Yeah. That's what I'm thinking. Yeah, that's a plan. But uh, apart from those real things that I'm doing, yes, uh, I'm going to the Broncos versus Warriors game at cool. Suncorp Stadium. Yep. Very excited. Yep. They win this during the grand final. So as you confirm, you are not training for Bridge to Brisbane. <laughs> I wouldn't have thought. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, yeah, I am not going to the game, but I am training for Bridge to Brisbane. Okay, there yeah. you go. So if you look forward when you're on the bridge, I will be miles <laughs> miles ahead of you. I need I'll to be explain the... how this works. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, never, I've never done it before. Bobby has done it before. Yeah. He said that he's the fastest uh, runner. Yep. He said that. Didn't. He's... But... <laughs> You specifically said that. I choose not to run. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes, but please uh, follow us on LinkedIn and Facebook uh, at the Newstead Group and over on Instagram at the Brisbane Broker Podcast. We are here, we are listening, mm-hmm. and we are talking. We are. We, we are. Do, it, do it all at once. <laughs> we hope you have a wonderful rest of your September. Oh, yeah. Thanks Catch for next time. Right, Thank you. Bye. bye. We hope you enjoyed today's episode. If you did, please subscribe to our podcast to keep up with our latest releases and follow us on Instagram at Brisbane Broker Podcast. The Newstead Group's brokers are fully accredited and operate under Australian Credit Licence 389087. For our full disclaimer, please read our show notes below and we hope you'll tune in to our next episode.